This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Shall we begin? <laughs> Expecto Patronum! He's here. BFM 89.9. It is 7.38 and you're listening to Popcorn Culture with Lynn Sharmila and in spirit, um, Arvin, who hates crime films and therefore <laughs> maybe uh, is glad to sit this one out. Uh, we are throwing back today. To heat uh, from 1995 because tomorrow we're going to be talking about another two-hander uh, that also kind of circles crime and suspicion and all the rest of it in the form of the grey man. Uh, but before we get to that, yeah, Heat, written and directed by Michael Mann. Also known as, if you're a Pacino or De Niro fan, you have to have watched it. Also known as the only other time um, after The Godfather 2 and before The Irishman that the two of them were together. Although Godfather, they were never on the same frame, in this, the same frame. I know, this is the argument that is always put forward. Um, they're hardly in the same frame here, but we can talk about that later. Too much star power all at once, Cannot mm-hmm. must must measure it out. Um, look, I... I love Heat. Um, I've loved it from the first time I watched it. Um, and every time I re-watch it, I'm reminded of, um, and that comparison to something like Grey Man is actually really important. I'm reminded of just how much it set the standard um, and wrote the playbook in many ways for what a crime thriller of this kind is. The whole cat and mouse genre. Um, you know, and it, it's formative for so many things that we now take for granted. Uh, what a bank heist looks like on screen. What a um, shootout. A shootout looks like. And even just this notion of putting two megawatt stars um, together and what that could look like, rewatching, my gosh, always worth a rewatch. So here's the thing, right? Um, I, I've, I've recommended Heat to a lot of people. And I've had mixed reactions back. I mean, in some cases, um, it's the kind of fanboy, fangirl reactions that you and I are going to have, because let's be frank, that's the rest of this show. But um, in some others, I've also had a sort of, uh, you know, it's okay, it's very 90s. I guess it's okay for the 90s. And I think a lot of that has to do with um, the fact, like you said, that it was formative and inspirational for a lot of crime films, for a lot of action films. And for that reason, the set pieces have have since been done over and over again um, with more capacity for CG with bigger budgets and with more um, maybe slick editing. I don't think any of that has improved it. So for me, Heat, um, I agree with you, sets the gold standard in terms of what these things could look like. Um, There are some scenes that people often cite and I I'm just going to say up front that even if I didn't think the rest of the movie were good, and I think it's a good film, but even if I didn't think the rest of the movie were good, 
if for nothing else other than the bank scene, the shootout scene, the diner scene and the airport scene, um, if the movie only had these four good scenes, it would still be worth recommending because I think that's how good those individual scenes are. So just to say that the story is very simple. Um, you have got an LAPD detective, um, Vincent Hanna, played by Al Pacino. More on that later. Um, kind of <laughs> contrasted against a um, Neil McCauley, who is a professional thief who is very, very good at his job. And the whole movie really centers on the cat and mouse completely dedicated pursuit and avoidance between these two men. Yes, and I think also takes on that... Um it's not a revolutionary idea, but this does it so well. The idea that these two men on the opposite sides of uh, this moral conundrum um, are actually very similar. They're in fact mirror images of each other and that forms the tension of much of this plot. Um, I wanted to get the the stuff that you said about why someone perhaps watching it for the first time today may not automatically... Um, latch on to this film, a couple of things. It is very long. It's nearly three hours. <laughs> yes, it um, is. I had forgotten that it's long. And and I think that has to do with the fact that I tend to remember those scenes. But that doesn't mean that the length is not earned. Um, and we'll get to that later because I feel like despite being two hours and 50 minutes, every minute of this film feels so well crafted that I don't mind that it's long. Then there's some issues with things like how uh, women are depicted. Um, there's some issues for me personally with just the synthy late 80s, early 90s background music choice that I could have done without. Um, but other than that, I don't think much of this has aged. I mean, of course, technology and all of that will feel a little janky. But I think other than that, everything about this film, the plot, um, the way it moves, the pacing, the genuine sense of suspense and tension that it manages to create... I think there's so much that's still so entertaining. Here's the thing, right? If we talk only about how blockbuster the action sequences are, or for that matter, the body counts, because a lot of people die um, in the course of this film, you might think that it's more... Um, more bombastic, I think, in some ways than the film actually is. But the the film, what what's special about Heat, aside from the star power and the performances and Michael Mann's very particular approach to these sorts of thrillers, um, is also the fact that it feels very lived in. I think when Robert De Niro read the script, and he was the first uh, cast member who joined and, and who had access to it, um, he described it as feeling authentic. And you know, there are huge bank heists. There are crazy level, street level shootouts that take place over a course of, I think, something like 20 minutes. Um, and yet, it is all the other stuff. It's the little touches. It's the way characters move and breathe and occupy space and interact with one another that ends up giving the film a sort of grit and authenticity that I think makes... Um, makes the running time feel earned because you have interactions that are necessary to move the story. Um, and it also makes it just feel like something, a movie that you can sit with, even though you're breathlessly wondering how it's going to end. In a typical heist film, why would you care that um, person number five that's part of the heist team didn't make it? You generally wouldn't. He would be nameless, faceless. 
But in this movie, you care. You actually care about every single person they introduce to you. And that's because the movie takes a lot of effort to give them... Uh, you may not see every part of their life, but you almost feel like you've walked into their lives and you now know them as people. Even if they're only on screen for a couple of minutes, um, when something happens to someone... Um, you're so invested in every part of this movie. And I think that takes a really deft hand. Like it feels like Michael Mann has drawn out this huge canvas and then just sort of pulled out a slice of it for us to have a look at. Um, he's written now a sequel um, to Heat in the form of a novel. So I feel like this is a world that he's basically like created in his head. He initially wanted it to be a TV show. Yes. So I think that's quite telling in mm. terms of the scale of this thing. And I think the other thing is, of course, that this movie is just stuffed to the gills with really great actors. Um, and Every character is played by actors that give it their all. So whether they're there for a couple of minutes, whether they're there for the most of the movie, um, even with De Niro and Pacino sort of just eating up most of the attention, everyone leaves their mark. And I think that's why the three hours feels earned. So the performances, I think, are something that we have to talk about. Um, but... We are discussing Heat, uh, which is 27 years old, came out in 1995, written, directed by Michael Mann, starring Al Pacino, Robert De Niro. Um, let us know, is this a movie that you've watched or rewatched, for that matter? Um, how has it held up for you? Because for us, it's definitely been something kind of great. Uh, you can WhatsApp us 018-789-8899 and tweet us at BFM Radio. Banish fraudulent manoeuvres, BFM. 89.9. Seven years in Folsom. In the hole for three. McNeil before that. McNeil is tough as they say. You looking to become a penologist? You looking to go back? You know, I chase down some crews, guys just looking to f up, get busted back. That you? You must have worked some dipshit crews. I worked all kinds. You see me doing thrill seeker liquor store holdups with a born to lose tattoo on my chest? No, I do not. Right. I am never going back. BFM 89.9. It's 7.48. You're listening to Popcorn Culture with Lynn and Sharmila. And uh, we're talking today about Heat from 1995. Um, that's a little bit of one of the most famous scenes, really, um, and features two of its stars, Al Pacino and Robert De Niro. And the time has come uh, to talk about them because we've, we've mentioned them a number of times, but I don't think we've actually discussed um, the, the central relationship, right? And the central performances that really make up the film. I'm trying not to like squeal, um, but I think it's also worth remembering at what point this movie was made because this was 1995. Uh, De Niro and Pacino hadn't appeared together in a film since Godfather 2 um, and had never, in fact, actually shared a frame. So... Michael Mann, I think, is so smart because he's aware of that. He teases us with this this throughout, I think, the first third of the film. And then when it finally happens, honestly, your heart stops. Um, they're great in the movie individually. Each of them are so different from each other. And then when you see them in this diner scene, the difference between the both of them, but then also the weird overlaps and mm. similarities, it's a beautiful scene. It's if you've really never, spectacular. If you've never watched the film and you don't care to, I'd still say go watch that scene on, on YouTube or whatever. So um, the thing about the performances right, is that shouldn't the unhinged kind of 
weird, out-of-control character be the criminal. And yes. the tightly tightly wound, self-contained person be the cop. That's normally what you would think of as the characterization. And what's cool about Heat haha, is that <laughs> they actually swap it around quite effectively. Um, Al Pacino is just yelling half the time. His, his hair is crazy, his eyes are wild, and, and he's just yelling. Um and yet, you know he's top of his game. You know he's really good at his job, which is the other thing. You need to believe that they're both equally good at their jobs or else it's just ineffective cat versus mouse running in circles, right? Um, on the other hand, you have Robert De Niro, who's basically completely self-contained. He's very still. He's got a, um, a quality to him that says he's like a tightly coiled wire, mm-hmm. right? Like a spring. Um, and again, it's just done so very well because you're always worried and fearful that he's going to explode, um, even though he is incredibly quiet. I think that's, in fact, the exact sleight of hand that uh, they managed to pull off with this film that I love. The fact that you're supposed to want the cop to win. You're supposed to want the bad guy to lose. You're supposed to like the cop and dislike the bad guy. Even if you're doing the whole... um, The only way most people empathize with the bad guy if he was in fact not a bad guy but mm. that's not the case no no this isn't a thief with heart of gold situation no no <laughs> he's an outright bad guy but somehow the movie manages to sort of thread the needle just right so that you empathize with him with de niro's character despite everything you do empathize with pacino's detective as well but he's not likable. And I love how it toys with your emotions this way. Um, the whole movie is about them being this contrast and mirror image of each other. And they know it as well. They play off each other so well. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how to um, talk about the kind of magic that happens by having these two actors who are so good at what they do. Um, and then having them play out this story. S- Okay, um, I have I have a thing to say. It's something that I've said on our supercuts before, and I want to preface it by stating that I really love Al Pacino. Actually, I, I enjoy him a lot. Um, whether it is early Al Pacino, mid Al Pacino, which I think we can say this mm-hmm. is, um, or even now latter day Pacino, um, I enjoy him. I think he's a tremendous actor and screen actor. Um, having said that, the volume control. Is something, huh? Like, like it just kind of goes off at any given point. Um, the the if if Robert De Niro or Neil McCauley is a tightly wound spring, Vincent Hanna is a slinky. I was going to say slinky too. Yeah, a crazy uh, slinky that's just like going down a, a, a set of stairs without stopping. A slinky stopping. who finds stairs to go down <laughs> might not be near one. We'll find one, and um. I think what helped me make sense of it firstly is that it's a it's a very dedicated performance, you know. Um if if he is kind of wild and um and eccentric, he's consistently wild and eccentric through the whole thing. So that helps. Uh the other thing was reading that he had said uh he had always considered his character to be under the influence of cocaine throughout <laughs> the film. And when I read that I thought, "Oh, okay. Makes so much sense." Yes. So for anybody who has uh rewatched or watched Heat and is struggling to follow along on the um emotional journey of Al Pacino's character. Just know that he did it with that in mind. But, you know, despite all that, I will say this, right? The the moments where he has the, uh, oh, 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 scenes. Um, <laughs> ah! yeah. Yes. And then 
And then there are just moments of silence and moments where he just plays with his eyes, which show you that this isn't an actor who's just OTT for the sake no. of being OTT, that this is a beautifully crafted performance. Um, and you do end up feeling so much for him, for a guy who's obsessed with a job that is frankly horrifying and yet cannot find any other way to make his life make sense. Um and I think a lot of this has to do also with how the story um, gives space for these characters to act in a way that I think a lot of films don't do anymore. Every time I watch this movie, and this time this was particularly stark, I was really struck by how long scenes are, how much time each actor is given to kind of emote, uh, which is rare in films these days. Um, scenes are very quick. Lines are very quick. They shift to other scenes very quickly. Heat is not that. It really just like allows each beat to play out. And a lot of that comes from Michael Mann. So, um, you know, as you said earlier, this is a world that he enjoys, that he enjoys occupying, whether in the form of a sequel novel or in a um, cancelled television show. He's very fascinated by what is actually inspired by real life. Um, the bank robbery is something that did take place, perhaps not in such a grand fashion, but um, the bank robbery, the chase, the fact that um, the the detective character who I believe in real life was named Chuck Adamson um, and Neil McCauley did in fact have this cat and mouse relationship. They did in fact have a coffee. They did in fact draw guns against one another. So um, I think there is this fascination firstly that comes from that. But above and beyond that, right, Michael Mann's treatment of uh, story is always quite particular. If, if you've watched enough of his films, then you see this come through. Um, the handheld camera, mm -hmm. uh, the play on shadow and light, the the long scenes, uh, the close-ups, the very tight close-ups of people's faces. Sometimes uncomfortably close. Sometimes unnecessarily <laughs> close. Um, and this is something that you will understand. It happens quite early. You'll get it. <laughs> if, if you rewatch or watch the film, um, I think you know what we mean. But yeah, I, I think that um, what you're describing, the the obsession with getting the story right and therefore the time wanted to give it space to breathe. Um, the fact that there are plays of light and shadow, the fact that the writing is done in a very particular way, actually all of that is, uh, you know, plenty of it rather, is down to Michael Mann. I'm a huge Michael Mann fan and and, <laughs> <laughs> and I would... Um, I would bet that actually we don't have directors working in this space anymore. Um, these kinds of movies don't get made very often. If they do, um, like Grey Men, they seem to end up on streaming mm -hmm. rather than in the cinema. And that's a bit of a pity, right? Because if we think of the legacy that a movie like Heat has, the fact that um, Dark Knight directly references it, the fact that the town um, straight up mimics a scene from it, the fact that Baby Driver yes. pays homage to it. Um, these are movies that kind of rewrite a certain mode of how to make cinema. And it's a pity that um, we don't get that kind of risk being taken, not just by a Michael Mann, but by actors who are at this space in their career. Yeah, because... I mean, I'm glad that we have heat. I'm glad, like we said, that it's set the, the mark, the template in some ways. Um, but it's 27 years old and we haven't necessarily had something else come along um, that referenced, uh, for example, the heist scene or the shootout scene and then improved upon it. Um, 
I, I, when I think about the scene with the airport, I know how it ends. I know what happens. Um, and yet I, I still sit at the edge of my seat breathless every single time. I want that. I, I don't think that we have much of it anymore. I, I wish that we could. I have an Arvin question in his absence. I think you know what's coming. No. <laughs> well, Ask it anyway. I was going to say remake or sequel. Yes no, or no? No. No. I, I, I don't understand why we would want such a thing. Um, and, and who would do it? Michael Mann? I mean, I... Like, oh, then maybe. But no, generally speaking, no. I I felt a chill in my heart when I first saw um, Heat and Sequel and in headlines before I realised that they meant a novel, in which case, okay, fine, whatever. I'm probably not going to read it. But no, I I don't think I want one either. Um, I I definitely want Michael Mann to make more movies, although not all of his later ones have been the best. Uh, But yeah, I, I don't think I want this revisited, remade ever. On that note, um, we've been talking today about Heat, written and directed by Michael Mann, starring, of course, Robert De Niro, Al Pacino. Uh, let us know if you've watched, rewatched it. WhatsApp us 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Write to us at movies at bfm.my. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.